Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com listen closely my friend for i have a tale that will make your spine tingle and your mind question the boundaries of our world I am Alex the Hunter, and I swear to you, with every ounce of sincerity in my being, that I have encountered and killed the creature known as Bigfoot. Though I lack the undeniable footage that skeptics yearn for, I offer you my words painted with the vivid brushstrokes of truth. It was a crisp autumn morning when I ventured into the depths of an unnamed national forest, my heart filled with the thrill of the hunt. Armed with my trusty rifle and an unyielding spirit, I delved into the wild, my senses attuned to the subtle rhythms of nature. The rustling leaves and distant calls of the forest creatures seemed to guide me towards my elusive prey. On one fateful occasion, as the sun cast its golden rays upon the woodland tapestry, I caught sight of a figure amidst the dense foliage. At first I mistook it for a fellow hunter, for it stood tall and seemingly human. Yet, as I drew nearer, a sense of unease began to coil within the depths of my being. There it stood, a towering creature covered in coarse, matted fur that obscured its true form. Its massive frame was hunched, as if burdened by an ancient weight that defied comprehension. But it was the eyes, oh, 
those piercing eyes that seared themselves into my memory. They glowed with an otherworldly luminescence, a mesmerizing radiance that seemed to hold the secrets of an age past. For a moment, I believed it to be a trick of the light, a figment of my imagination conjured by the forest's whims. But as I ventured closer, my heart pounding within my chest, the truth revealed itself in all its terrifying glory. This was no mere hunter or illusion, but a living, breathing entity, a creature that had long eluded the realm of human understanding. Instinct and fear coursed through my veins, mingling with a primal determination. With shaking hands, I raised my rifle, aiming to protect myself from this enigmatic being. Two shots rang out, shattering the serene woodland silence, and the creature emitted a blood-curdling shriek that echoed through the trees. I watched in awe and horror as the creature, wounded but not vanquished, swiftly vanished into the depths of the woods. I pursued it with an unwavering resolve, my eyes trained on the trail of crimson that marked its path. But fate conspired against me for the creature, in its enigmatic nature, left no trace of blood upon the earth, though I searched tirelessly, every inch of the forest becoming a labyrinth of possibility, I could not find the fallen beast. Yet in my heart I am certain that my bullets found their mark, that the elusive Bigfoot met its demise by my hand. Sometimes some of the scariest things don't necessarily have to be a torn-up body or tons of blood. They just have to be unexplained. So I work for the forestry department, and I often travel around conducting various bits of research. I've gotten to travel far and wide, often ending up in the most remote and often beautiful places that would be extremely unlikely to see your average Joe ever go to unless, like me, it was something to do with their job. Therefore, when you find something in one of these spots that has very obviously been left by a person, there is absolutely no rhyme or reason for it. You can't help but jump to nefarious conclusions. So, when you're out in the middle of absolutely nowhere, up in the ass end of Canada, with nothing around for miles, and you find a bed, it's kind of weird, if not downright unnerving. And I want to be clear, I don't mean like some leaves and twigs, something somebody had created as a bed for themselves. I mean an actual single wooden bed complete with rotten, moldy mattresses. Multiple mattresses. Can you think of a singular reason why that would be there? There are no houses or any sort of building structures that used to be or are still there for miles and miles. In fact, the nearest road, I believe, is about 46 miles away, or in Canadian, 46 kilometers. There were no recent tracks except mine, although from the state of it, it did seem like it had been there for a very long time. It seemed like a very unusual place just to dump a bed you didn't want anymore, and also why. Who would haul a bed all the way out here? I ended up alerting the cops, wondering if maybe it had been used for a crime and dumped out here, since it was unlikely anybody would ever find it. Or maybe this was some kind of gang-kill location. It seemed rather implausible, and thankfully I couldn't see any obvious stains on the bed or around it. But who knew? I never heard back about it, so I guess it wasn't the missing puzzle piece in some nationwide serial killer hunt, but I still can't think of a single good reason why it would have been there. 
Me and my friend were bone hunting. I live in a very rural place in the Pacific Northwest. We went about a mile off a trail and were pretty deep in the woods miles from anyone. We were coming down from this hill next to a stream and started getting into some thick brush and trees. That's when we heard this deep growl. We both stopped. While I was a few yards away from him and was closer to the noise, he asked me if I heard it too. We both stood still. Although I couldn't see... Yeah, well, I knew we were both looking in the direction of the sound. We didn't see any movement or heard it again. It was very creepy and we have no idea what it was. I don't know what would be creepier, if it was an animal or something paranormal. So, I'm going to start this off with some backstory. I was minding my own business alongside my parents in a nice home in northeast Alabama. I'm not sure exactly when this was, but I was around seven in age. Anyways, we're sleeping peacefully, and suddenly we are all three awoken by this absolutely terrible growling sound, almost like that of a bear. This wasn't just a normal sound, though. It sounded like it was on our front porch. My dad assumes that a black bear has decided to chill on our porch, and he grabs his shotgun, prepared to defend himself if necessary. He holds me and my mother up and goes outside ready to confront this bear. To his surprise, no bear was outside. He assumes it ran off and tells us we can just go to sleep again since all is fine. He assured us that bears can't unlock doors like that helped any. Right before we begin falling asleep again, we hear a very distant giggling. This doesn't give off the vibe of a normal giggle, though. It gives off that, oh, hell, no tone that makes you just want to get out of Dodge. My mother whispers to my dad, what the hell was that? And my dad whispers over to me, was that you? I simply replied, no. Another few moments pass, and we hear a slight yelp, seemingly closer, but also quieter. We don't think anything of it. At least that's until we hear a woman scream distantly. This once again gets my dad and mother up and alert. My dad once again grabs his shotgun, but this time he doesn't go outside. He even seems scared now. Obviously, this worries me. After about 30 seconds of us kind of just sitting around, another scream happens, but this time it's directly in our yard, about 10 yards away. My dad rushes to turn off the lights and simply whispers, don't say a word. I'm not sure what exactly happened after that, but nothing else seemingly happened that night. I'd assume I dozed off. I'm not sure why this only just now clicked with me, but I now realize this fits the description of a skinwalker really well. It's possible. It might have all been a misunderstanding by my family, but I simply don't think that'd be the case considering my parents recall the same things. I've recently done a lot of research into skinwalkers, and I've rethought this past trauma of mine and made a connection. Sorry for this being drawn out, but I just randomly decided to post this before I forgot any important notes on the event, even though I doubt I'd likely ever forget any of this. Extra note. I'm sure somebody would ask this, so I'm going to go ahead and answer it. I didn't have nightmares and stuff before the event, other than the usual child nightmare stuff. But I did have a few eerie nightmares directly following the event. One dream, I dreamed of being chased down a hallway by some creature. Not sure if it was human or what. 
Another dream I had, my entire family's voices had gone demonically deep, and they all kept saying, don't hide. And the last one I'll point out is a dream where my mother disappeared out of nowhere, like thin air out of the car. All of these I vividly remember and still creep me out to this day. I am posting this for my boyfriend who doesn't have a Reddit. Last weekend he went up on a two-mile hike into a small creek to fish in North Carolina. On his way up the mountain, he kept thinking that he saw things in his peripheral vision, looking backwards to see shadowy dark crags in rocks or a shadow falling along the tree bark. The mountain air was crisp and refreshing, at an altitude of over 2,000 feet. Yet whenever he felt this weird presence, he described smelling something like a propane tank up to his nostrils, sulfur and damp stickiness. There was no explanation nor reason to smell that in this place. He had visited many times before and never smelled this in the area. The whole way up, the unsettling feeling of being watched maintained and he just kept chanting, God is with me. I will fear no evil. He swore to me that he felt like something was following him all the way up maybe too scared to get close and that he now thought he knew what a demon smelled like. He made it to his fishing spot and returning down the mountain, again saw the unmistakable shadowy movement out of the corner of his eye blend back into the trees behind him. Has anyone ever been alone in the woods and smelt that same smell or felt any kind of presence like this? I know that there is a lot of folklore around the Appalachian Mountains about haints and things of that sort. I think he wants to figure out what means and know if he's alone in this experience. The place was called Panthertown Creek. My dad used to rent this house way out in the middle of nowhere. A good 45 minutes from any town, the closest neighbor was another 15 minutes away. On this property were several enclosures for raising pheasants. These belonged to the property owner, so my dad had no responsibility towards them, other than to notify the owner if he saw anything wrong. He was high school buddies with the owner, so they were on good terms. Well, one morning he notices something very wrong. In the pheasant enclosure furthest from the house, with a good fifty or so birds, every single one of them had been slaughtered overnight. What was even weirder was that it didn't seem to be an act of predation. None of the birds seemed to have been consumed. Luckily, the owner had cameras, and they got to see what really happened. So, sometime in the middle of the night, a man neither of them recognized had wandered onto the property. He made no attempt to approach the house, but instead crawled under the enclosure's fence and proceeded to catch and stab each pheasant with a knife while wearing a headlamp. They caught the entire event on camera, from him entering the property till he left early in the morning. The police were called, but nothing ever came of it. My dad was so freaked out from the whole event that he made us stay with our mom for several weeks while he slept in bed with a gun. The property owner tightened up security with new fences and alarms. He even bought some guard dogs. They were very well trained and super friendly to anyone who'd approached them during the day. Nothing ever happened again on that farm, and the bird-killing psycho was never found. My name is Jake, and the National Guard agent. 
My unit and I were deployed to a remote region in Appalachian Mountains to investigate the sudden disappearance of several hikers and campers. As we arrived, we were immediately met with fearful whispers and nervous glances from the few remaining locals. They told us terrifying stories of a creature called the Crawler, which had been spotted lurking in the shadows of the dense forest. Though the stories seemed unbelievable, the fear in the eyes of those who had seen the Crawler was genuine. Unsettled but determined to find the missing people, my unit and I ventured deep into the uncharted wilderness. The locals gave us map of places where disappearances happened. Our search led us to a series of underground tunnels and caves, a hidden world that seemed to stretch on forever. As we descended further into darkness, our flashlights barely cutting through the gloom, we came face to face with the horrifying reality of the crawler. It was a monstrous being, unlike anything we'd ever seen, capable of hunting and killing with terrifying ease. We spotted it while it was devouring some corpse. We aimed our rifles and started shooting. We knew we had to use our tactical training and survival instincts to evade the creature. The creature was fast, even killing few of our men, but in the end it fallen under the barrage of our bullets. As we approached the carcass of a cryptid, we noticed a stamp that said United States Government. As we returned to the surface, carrying the lifeless carcass of the crawler with us, we couldn't help but wonder what other secrets lay hidden in the uncharted wilderness. Our mission had succeeded, but the truth we'd discovered left us questioning the world we thought we knew. In the end, we'd vanquished the cryptid, but the secrets of government involvement that surrounded it would continue to haunt us. I was critically injured after being attacked by a large and powerful unknown creature. The attack took place one night in an abandoned building on the outskirts of town. My close friend and colleague, who was with me at the time, described what he witnessed that night. I was there with him. We were searching the building for a suspect when all of a sudden something came rushing out of one of the rooms. It knocked me off my feet. When I got back up, he was being attacked by this monster. It was much stronger than anything I have seen. It was able to throw me ten feet in the air with ease. My partner pulled up his firearm, firing it several times, but it wouldn't budge an inch, like the bullets didn't even bother it. I Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I don't know what happened after that. I blacked out for several moments. When I came to, the creature had already disappeared, and I was unconscious, badly injured, and bleeding with a head injury and broken ribs. I remember seeing my partner pointing his firearm at an unknown creature. I felt my gun jam. When I looked up, the unknown being seemed to disappear in front of me. I went to check on my partner and found him not breathing. I was able to regain consciousness, but quickly collapsed again shortly thereafter. Police officers were immediately dispatched to the scene. They took both of us to a nearby hospital for treatment. We both sustained serious injuries and were unable to work for several months during the recovery period. I was in 7th or 8th grade when me and about 15 of my friends and acquaintances went into the woods by the highway to ensure no one saw that there were kids with airsoft guns and camo shooting each other. We trekked deep into the woods. No highway car could be heard, so we knew it was far enough. We eventually came across this old single-roomed house. The windows were boarded up with wood, the door had about five padlocks, and the pool out back was green with algae. Grass overgrew any remnants of a driveway through the dense forest. Peeking through the wood boards found broken furniture and the floor caked in dirt. The guy who organized the hangout lived nearby and assured us all that the owners hadn't been to the house for ten years. They were old and presumed dead. With no concerns, we finally played air soft for a couple hours. Needing a break, we all rendezvoused back at the house. As we approached, we could hear the faint sound of an engine. Nobody could even tell a car was approaching at first because of the thick brush. Sure enough, a black car was rolling around the corner. Pulling up to our group, the driver lowers the passenger window, an old man driving and an old man behind him. The passenger was an elderly woman with another elderly woman behind her. Everyone in the car was dressed in all black formal clothes. They practically started screaming at us to get away literally almost shrieking, but it also sounded angry. We tried to apologize for trespassing, but then the driver started reaching for something in the glove box. We all ran out of there. Their eyes were so grayish-blue it was almost transparent. The hair was whiter than snow. Black tuxedos and dresses were vampiric-looking. To this day, I think they were cultists. I'll never know and I'll never forget. My name is Jack, and I lead a rather adventurous life. By day, I work as a hunter, skilled in tracking elusive game through the wilderness. And in my free time, I indulge in my passion for soccer, finding solace in the thrill of the game. It was a crisp autumn morning when my friends called me, their voices filled with excitement and mischief. They proposed a hunting trip to a forbidden part of Yellowstone National Park, a place shrouded in local legends and superstitions. Despite my initial reluctance, I couldn't resist the allure of adventure, and I agreed to join them. As we set off on our journey, laughter and banter filled the air, masking the subtle unease that lingered beneath the surface. What could go wrong? The deeper we ventured into the preserve, the more unsettling the atmosphere became. 
Trails seemed to vanish before our eyes, leading us in circles, and phantom animals darted through the underbrush. Elusive and ethereal, unexplained noises echoed through the trees, sending shivers down our spines. It was then, in the heart of that supposedly haunted place, that we encountered the true horror that awaited us. A vengeful spirit-like cryptid, a creature that had been awakened. One by one, my friends fell victim to its wrath. Their lives cruelly snuffed out as the cries and pleas for mercy filled the air. I knew I was the only one left standing. Fear coursed through my veins, but I couldn't abandon my friends to this malevolent force. Gathering my courage, I prepared for a final battle, armed with my trusty rifle. In a desperate showdown, I faced off against the cryptid, our eyes locked in a battle of wills. With every shot, I fired. I prayed it would be the one to bring an end to its reign of terror. Finally, with a well-aimed shot to its heart, the creature let out a bone-chilling howl and collapsed. But as it lay lifeless on the forest floor, a strange occurrence unfolded. The cryptid, once a fearsome presence, vanished into thin air as if it had never existed at all. The weight of what had transpired settled upon me, and I realized the magnitude of the horrors I had witnessed. Wounded and emotionally drained, I summoned the strength to call for help. But when the authorities arrived, their eyes fell upon the lifeless bodies of my friends, and suspicion clouded their gaze. Instead of finding solace and aid, I found myself accused of their deaths. Now, confined within the cold confines of a jail cell, I reflect upon the events that led me here. The haunting memories of that ill-fated hunting trip remain etched in my mind, and I yearn for justice and vindication. The truth of that cursed place in Yellowstone National Park may forever remain a mystery, but the burden of what I experienced will forever haunt me. This was at Deschutes Park in Washington State. It's a small-ish trail that has a couple waterfall viewpoints. We went out because it was mushroom season, and we were looking for chicken of the woods and oysters. So the three of us get to the park. There's no one else in the parking lot. Cool. We get to have the trail to ourselves and talk. We go down, mess about for an hour looking for mushrooms and just enjoying the fresh air and quietness. We stop and see this giant oyster mushroom. This thing was like two pounds intact. I got real excited and said, Who oh, guys look? More loudly than normal. At this point we all looked and I noticed some sticks cracking off in the woods. Then I hear a tree knock and being in Bigfoot country that definitely snapped our attention behind us. NBD for crack squirrels and deer are around. But this sounded like a hard stick on a tree. We turn around. I see an older man, about five feet seven, glasses and gray hair, a red North Face windbreaker, and blue jeans jump from behind a tree. He was holding a walking stick, so I assume that was it. Like he was peering around the tree, spying on us dramatically, and jumped out, trying to appear normal. Then he ran toward us. This dude was not on the trail and got there after us. I kept hearing snaps in the woods throughout our walk, but it did not click until I saw him. Then he seemed not to notice us, startled looking, and ran toward us anyway. We tensed as he approached. We didn't have a weapon, but my boyfriend is pretty big. Me and my cousin are female. We were the ones talking loudly, so I'm sure he heard us and thought we were alone. He started walking with us, and I noticed he had a slight English accent. 
a formal-sounding guy, creepy. He was saying, do you have any weapons? There's been bears down here. There was no bears we knew of in that area. He also asked us at the end of the trail if we wanted to partake in his ritual in the water. At the end of the trail, the water kind of is accessible, but it is freezing cold. Rapids. This day was about 60 Fahrenheit. No way this thinner old man is going to jump in there, I thought. But he was insistent on us going down there with him. I was like, uh, no thank you. I didn't know what else to say. I feel like this dude was either 100% some weirdo creep looking to kill us or some partially psychotic man on a hike. A number of years ago, he lived in a very large old house in the middle of nowhere, central Illinois, about 30 miles from any real town or city. He didn't think much of it when he heard a car turn off and someone knock on the door. He figured his roommate had locked himself out. Thought it would be funny to let him figure it out. Only his roommate was still inside. The knocking got more desperate until my uncle fell asleep. For those wondering how, he was both a boozer, snored loudly, and was on sleep medications at the time. When drunk, the man could have slipped through a nuclear explosion. His buddy found the car the next morning, door open. My uncle came outside as the police were questioning his buddy. They tried to find the owner. They did, six months later, decomposed in a field, evidently murdered. The murderer still has not been found. He is still rather bothered by whether he could have saved his life. So I used to live in this house. It was newish, it wasn't run down. But it obviously wasn't the newest modern home either, it was normal. But for some reason, I hated being alone in it and had this feeling like something was extremely off about it. Or something was there that shouldn't be there with me. I lived there with my mom. Her boyfriend and my brother and I was eleven at the time. One time I could swear that someone had broken in. It didn't sound like it, it's just that I saw flashes outside of my room, and I'm only 47% sure it was the reflection of the sun. This was in Finland Vandaya. I'm okay telling the location, that specific cause, I don't live anywhere near there. It could be the fact I wasn't the most sane eleven-year-old. Think imagining being an arsonist and killing my bullies and planning it. So it could been that, but like what I saw was real and it scared me shitless. It could be that I'm dumb and I'm not fully sure if it is a cryptid, but I'm asking just in case there's anything that actually does that. My daughter, who was 11 years old at the time, was visiting my parents for the weekend during the summer. They own 55 acres in the woods in northern Michigan. Most of the property near the home is cleared roughly about seven acres. The rest is sporadic trees here and there until you get to the back eight acres. Before it gets dark, they like to sit out on their screened-in porch and watch the deer come out to eat, which was done this night. The plan was to wait till the sun went down so she could practice riding her CT200 Coleman bike. It is a small bike that only went 20 miles per hour, and it had a decent headlight on it, so it was good for the cleared trails on the property. While her and my dad were sitting on the porch just before sunset, my daughter was watching the open field for deer, but instead she seen something that looked like a white dog moving very slowly. 
It was roughly 200 yards away from them, and she said, Grandpa, what is that? He looked, and he looked very confused. My dad is a man who has grown up in the woods. He knows every animal and everything possible about where they live. He told her it looked like it could have been a white coyote. It had a similar size, but it didn't look like any coyote he had seen. The body of the creature was very thin, almost bone-skinny, and didn't have a tail. He went and quickly grabbed the binoculars from inside the house. He looked, and he said it looks really deformed, like a deformed pit bull. It's facing away, so I can't really see its face. It left view, and they continued sitting there, waiting for dark. When the sun set, my dad made sure to tell her not to go fast, because riding at night was something new. He knew that she knew the lay of the land well, but was worried since it was her first time doing laps night riding. When he was done with his safety brief, he took off. As she was riding her way around the property, she had a weird feeling of being watched. But she pushed those thoughts to the side, because she assumed it was nerves on top of it being dark in the woods. As she rounded the corner to the straightaway with her light shining down the path, the light from her bike reflected back two eyes. She slowed her bike down, thinking it was a coyote or a deer. As she came slowly closer, she realized it was white. She was frozen in a panic when she realized that this was the creature she and my dad seen in the field. Only this time she was just feet away. The creature was facing her, and she was able to clearly see its head this time. It was crouching with its long, skinny arms hanging down against its side. It had the head of a human, a human dying of malnutrition. It had a huge chest, and its ribcage was very prominent. What she thought was white fur was skin. It had white skin with gray undertones. It looked like death. Its eyes were half the size of its head and completely reflected the light from her bite. She was still riding towards it unable to react due to being frozen in fear. The creature's mouth then became clear. It was really big and unnatural. As she got closer, she started to realize that this creature was very tall. Tall, like my dad, who was six feet three. She said the long, skinny arms that hung down to its sides had human-like hands. She started to feel sick and woozy. Then she snapped out of it, turned the bike around, and headed back to the house as fast as the bike went. My sister and I were out off, roading around 1 a.m. this one night in my old jeep. We ended up coming across this large water retention basin and decided to explore it for a bit. While we were cruising around, we started talking about skinwalkers and whether they're real or not. The conversation had spooked us both a bit, as it was pitch black out. Not a light in sight other than my light bars. We ended up changing the topic and kept on cruising. Not even twenty minutes later, we both got this very uneasy feeling of being watched, and shortly after, my dash light started flickering slightly, something that they never do and haven't done since. Already spooked from the previous conversation, this creeped us out even more, and we decided it was time to call it a night. As we were about to leave the retention basin, my jeep engine died trying to climb the slight hill out, which was also not normal for my jeep. It struggled to start, but eventually started and was barely running. At that point, we were terrified, and I gunned it out of there while my jeep continued to run like it had a bullet shot through the engine. We definitely said our prayers as neither one of us was going to get out and take a look at that point. Once we got back to the main road, we made it to a gas station close by, and I stopped to investigate. 
Upon investigation, I found a vacuum line had come disconnected. A vacuum line that should not have come off, as it is a securely connected vacuum line. I reattached the line. My Jeep ran perfectly and has not come off years later. I've had, without a doubt, real paranormal experiences in the past, and this definitely felt the same. Was it just an unfortunate series of events, or was there something out there with us that night? I'll never know, and I definitely don't want to go back and find out for myself.